Chiefs offense is having issues. Short yardage, deep passes, the Chiefs continue to be a work in progress. And yet, the 5-1 record they share with four other teams is best in the NFL as the Chiefs play host to the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday at Arrowhead. On today's Sports Beat KC, the Stars Sports Podcast, columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell talk all things Chiefs with me, Blair Kirkhoff. We chat about what's working and what's not, and how things could shape up over the next few weeks. One bright note, defensive lineman Charles Amenehu returns to the team this week after serving a six-game suspension. Okay, let's talk Chiefs with Vahe and Sam. We have completed what I call the Thursday portion of the Chiefs schedule, and now we're going to begin the Monday portion of the Chiefs schedule. You know, they've got three Monday games the next, uh, the rest of the regular season. One's a Monday night game against the Eagles. Then there's the Monday afternoon game on Christmas Day um, against the Raiders. And then the next week they play on Monday as well. So I guess this is the price you pay for being a good team. They are, uh, I mean, do they have the most prime of prime times all through the season? I think they max out. I think the NFL maxes out at per team, you know, prime time. and, And the Chiefs have moved around on the schedule as much as a team can be moved around. They... Uh, they had the noon Central Time kickoff at Jacksonville, and that's the only noon <laughs> Sunday kickoff they have on a on a Sunday all year because that noon game against the the Raiders is on Christmas Day on a Monday. So, oh well. Are you are you happy to move into the Monday phase? I thought it was weird. How did you spend your Sunday? Uh, what did watch a fair amount of NFL. Happened to see the uh, the only two remaining undefeated teams lose. That was interesting. Um, and but yeah, you know a lot of honeydews. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was Sam McDowell's case or not. Yeah, I watched a lot of NFL. That's always the best part about when the Chiefs play on non Sundays is you get to watch the rest of the league. I think we all probably deal with this, but my friends always ask me a lot about the NFL. I say you probably watch more NFL games than we do. We're at the game. We're at one game every week, right? So it's kind of hard to watch the rest of the games other than the prime time Monday and Thursday night games. But it's an exception when the Chiefs are one of those prime time games. Absolutely. Coming off the 19-8 victory over the Denver Broncos, and they have the L.A. Chargers coming up Sunday. In that Denver game, the the Chiefs went one for five on touchdowns in the red zone. And, Sam, I know you wrote about it. It took an interesting angle. The headline was really well done, I thought, on, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes can't do anything about the the part of the, the, the problem if the ball's not in his hands, is the is the proviso here? So, yeah, uh, to, yeah go into that idea and uh, and how the Chiefs came about plunging to a one for five on touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah, I mean they're just really bad on short yardage. Still, the same storyline as a year ago. Um, they're twenty second in the league over the last couple of years on third and or fourth and one or two to go. And they're first in all other situations by a really wide margin on third downs. I mean, like four, like four percent better than anybody in the league on third downs. But they're really bad when it gets to short yardage. That's not going to surprise anybody that's seen a lot of the, <laughs> the, the Chiefs games. And so then you start to delve into why. And you know, I think a lot of people when we saw the we saw the fake field goal. I think we all probably reacted the same way on on the fourth down where it's fourth and two. They try a, a Noah Gray sneak. And so the the phrase that we just so often hear is that they got too cute. The problem to me is, like, the the play call is an issue. But I think we all focus on the play call when 
the play call is trying to mask the other issue, which is they haven't figured out any solution on short yardage. A lot of teams sneak the ball that is out of the Chiefs playbook um, since 2019. Um, so a lot of teams run the ball. You know, across the league, third and short is, or fourth and short is converted on running plays 36% more often than passing plays. So right there, the data is telling you don't use your quarterback. Instead, use your running game. The Chiefs' running game has not been successful on third and on third and short or fourth. I know a lot of people think, hey, just run it right up the middle. That has not been successful. So the other alternative I hear a lot is, hey, use your normal offense. Just run your normal Your normal offense is really good. Why not just run your normal offense? We just said they convert better than anyone else on third down when they use their normal. It's because they have to use their normal offense, right? But even Patrick Mahomes with the ball in his hand is only 2% better on these third downs than all other cases when the Chiefs don't use Patrick Mahomes. And so that's why, Blair, you mentioned the headline. To me, it's like this is the one area where your quarterback isn't really supposed to be your solution. And the Chiefs do have this unicorn quarterback, but you're going to have to rely on, like, your interior lineman, your running game. Um, And, again, it's why they, they feel like they have to get cute. And to me, that's more emblematic of the problem than the fact that they're willing to get cute. Andy Reid, he might not admit it to us in a press conference, but I think he feels like I've got to do something tricky here um, to to pick up just one or two yards on third down at, at a decent rate. What I, I'm thinking about all the points you made on each of these things. Do you have a what would your solution be? I think Patrick Holmes is perfectly willing to sneak the ball. It's a very fluke injury. I think that's got to be part of the playbook. Even if, and to be clear, I actually think we could see a situation where the Chiefs are third, fourth, and short in the AFC Championship game or Super Bowl. We might see a quarterback sneak because I think they anticipated it would take a defense by shock. Um, <clears throat> well, also, he told us he'd call it on his own if he had to yeah. in that situation. Um, I also just think, you know, their interior line is something we've talked a lot about because Joe Tooney makes a lot of money. Creed Humphreys knows one of the best centers in the game. And Trey Smith, the right guard, had a really good rookie year. Creed Humphrey hasn't been as good this year. Trey Smith has really not been as good this year. Joe Tooney's still Joe Tooney. Um, but they've got to get better push on the interior line, too, because these, I mean, ask, it's the whole reason why the tush push works for the Eagles and nobody else. Jason Kelsey just executes it better. Like you're, you got to rely on your center and your interior linemen to execute those plays. But <clears throat> the main part of your question is, I, I don't really think there's an obvious solution. And what I tried to do in that column that Blair mentioned was point out that the solutions that, you know, I think a lot of the public an- anticipates being solutions are really only very marginal differences than what the Chiefs are because the Chiefs are at 62% now and their normal third down percentage is much less than 62% it's like 51 which is historically good but so you say okay run the normal offense well when Patrick Mahomes throws the ball they're at they're at like 64% instead of 62 so it's better I mean yes the quarterback should always be involved because you always want the defense to anticipate that there's a threat of that, which is why I don't like like the Noah Gray fake field goal. You're t- telling the defense this is what we're going to run before the play starts. But you look at the Kadarius Tony play, for example, that they don't convert a third and one. That play is open. It's not executed by Kadarius Tony, but that is part of the play call, right? Can my players execute this? I'm asking a wide receiver to play quarterback. 
Um, but again, all of these things that we keep coming back to is, is Andy Reid saying, I can't convert third and one unless I trick the defense on this play. I, I love that you brought up the point about it being a fluke injury on Patrick, right? That, that is there. But you make, you're making me think of something I never thought of before, and sorry to belabor the point, but the art of the quarterback sneak, how much is it the guy doing it, and how much is it that you have it as the element of surprise? In other words, does, is, does Patrick have any – superior skill in quarterback sneaking over six other guys they could put in that spot and yeah, it, it, the point sure. is just the surprise yeah. he for sure has some of it i don't think the surprise is part of quarterback sneak at all and that's actually the antithesis of the way other teams are converting third and short down is like they don't have to surprise the defense we all know when we watch the eagles line up what's coming next and they still execute it so you know the way I phrase with it, a special flair i mean on their parts yeah they do, but, but we yeah. all know what the exact yeah, you know what's coming. coming yeah and you know, the way I phrased it in the column was, like, that's the ugliest play in football, probably, and they executed it at a really high level. The Chiefs have taken the ugly play out of their playbook, which is why we continue to see what we call cute plays instead, because they they have to do something that's unexpected, as everyone else is executing a lot of plays. And, look, it's down this year. There's a lot of teams that are not converting on quarterback sneaks this year. I do think defenses are getting better at it, but... When you run that cute stuff, I do think it would it would be more effective if the quarterback sneak was in play for the defense. I mean, you see, the, you see, when it you don't only see the Eagles, and you know what's coming. You see that the defense knows what's coming, but the way they line up as well. I think we're all waiting on the Eagles to run a trick play <laughs> off of this to yeah, push yeah, as yeah. well, and that trick play would work has a considerably higher chance of being successful because of what what the defense is doing against it. Yeah, we were reminded in the, uh, the this week's Monday Night Football game when the Cowboys attempted the the Eagles tush push uh, or brotherly shove, the nickname I like for it, uh, uh, and came up short on yeah. it. They lined up exactly the way the Eagles A did, lot of teams and have, yeah. yeah, and and uh, and try to get Dak his yard, and he, he couldn't do it, and got uh, stood up. Anybody the, who has been arguing to ban that play is losing the argument based on the fact that the rest of the teams cannot execute. That's right. Like, the Eagles have to love the fact that no one else can execute, and they said, well, you can't take it away from us just because we're the ones that are executing the hell out of this play right now. That's a great point. So, just interesting um, sidebar here. On Saturday afternoon, um, I'm I'm at a gym where you have multiple TVs up up on the wall, and on one screen is Temple playing North Texas. Temple is in Philadelphia. Temple now tries the Really? The, yeah, the tush push. Did it Successfully, work? yes, yeah. it did. On the screen next to him was the World Rugby Championship. <laughs> and that's exactly it's what those... That's, 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 yeah. that, that, that's exactly. I'm, I'm going back and forth. And that's what it is. It's a rugby <laughs> it scrum. It is a rugby scrum, absolutely. Uh, so, um, also, in addition to not picking up uh, short yards, and this is related, Chiefs... Uh, scoring numbers are down this year, right? They're averaging 24, I think it, I've got it written down here, 24.6, I think, 24.5 points per game. That's uh, ninth in the NFL. Their yards per game is uh, is fourth. So top 10, top 10 offense, but not what we're used to seeing with, with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I also plugged in two additional touchdowns if they had not taken a knee at the end of Jacksonville and at the end of uh, Jets, yeah. right? 
they would be averaging 20, more than 27 points, 27.2 points a game. And all of a sudden, it doesn't look so bad, does it? Um, I don't know where that would put them in the NFL, but it's higher than ninth, I suspect. So um, it was 19-8 to 8 versus the Broncos. I know after the game, we talked about when was the last time they were held under 20 in a victory at home, and I still haven't looked it up. But uh, uh, I suspect it hasn't happened so, in the Mahomes era. Well, that Cowboys game, right? And yes, that's right. 20, it was 19-9 or something like that. And the, the Packers game was 13-3 to when they were in that stretch of not having good offense. But not without the, Patrick playing, though, right? Well, no, game. Patrick beat, played in those games. Oh, beat the, oh, they beat the, the Packers 13-7 in Week 9 in 2021. Then two weeks later was that 19-9 against, against okay. the Cowboys. Uh, I think it's the Cowboys okay. game. I wonder if we were, I wonder if we were uh, putting the offense under a microscope then. Um, maybe they, they didn't. They only scored under twenty once all last year. It was the game they lost in Indianapolis, um, twenty to seventeen. Where anything that could go wrong in that game went wrong. So, are we of a mind that uh, this will improve with, you know, as wide receivers get more? comfortable with Patrick Mahomes and he gets more comfortable with his wide receivers is that the main issue here uh is it the passing game is it uh the only thing I'd throw in real quick is just your your point about the caveat which I I get in a way is sort of an exotic point right it's it's different than um you know the numbers they have but those were just circumstantial game situations they they made command decisions that the best way to win the game or the game is sealed we're doing this so I, I, I don't know if, if in our case study here, if we want to you know, incorporate those numbers in there and say that's part of the context, just because it was part of what they did. And maybe there is also a connection to understanding how well the defense is playing in terms of what they're doing in uh, running clock and in the fourth quarter, things like that. I, I'm getting away from your question, I guess, but I guess I just want to throw that out there. You're, you're, you brought it up, and I, I agree with you that it does feel and look different if we just decided they would have scored those points if they wanted to. And certainly could have and would have, you know, um, in fact, I I think they probably should have tried to score at the end of the Jacksonville game. I'm not sure about the, the – Patrick Mahomes made the right decision at the, with the Jets. The end of the game, basically, with that with that slide. So A touchdown would have ended the game too, though, right? Yeah, it, it that's would the have. Thing. That's the thing about that. But there were two. But there were two minutes to go when he slid. I mean, that was the first play, I think, after the two-minute warning. And two minutes can be an eternity. With it, even with a ten-point lead, can be an eternity in the NFL. Jets get one long play, kick a field goal, and now they've got a minute to go get an onside kick. I don't. I don't know. The higher percentage way to end the game is to do what he did. Yeah, I get, sure. Would you agree yeah. with that, Anna Glue? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. but over, yeah. you could have effectively ended the game with a touchdown too, I suppose. But I, yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, you're really but, asking is can they get better offensively? Yeah, yeah. And is is it, is it just a matter of the wide receivers getting more comfortable with? It seems like we talk about it every week, right? Yeah. And uh, but is that is that what's keeping this offense from scoring more points. Yeah, I mean, I think that's number one for sure. Um, and it is reason to believe that the Chiefs should be better in week 18 than week six is because a lot of the problems you're seeing are just like reading coverages from wide receivers. Um, look, I think it's pretty evident that Rashi Rice is better than he was in the opener. Um, I really think he's going to be a player. Uh, I'm less convinced that Sky Moore is going to take a jump because he's been in this offense for 25 games now. 
and I kind of think this might be who Sky Moore is. He has trouble separating when you watch him on film. Not at the line of scrimmage. Idley's pretty good at the line of scrimmage. Um, but in the secondary, he has trouble separating. See, Justin Watson. Aside out. about him, real quick. Last year, I think I remember you telling me this. You looked at the metrics. He was the guy getting op- most open. Most, he was, most yeah. So what's the, using, what's the difference? Well, they're using him in a different role now. I mean, they're trying to replace Juju Smith-Schuster at the X position with, with Sky Moore. And I frankly think he's better closer to the line than he is playing outside the numbers. And so, I don't know, maybe, you know, Rashi Rice is playing a lot of slot. Maybe they, they decide that those two skill sets can be flipped. But I think the goal right now is to gradually add to Rashi Rice's plate rather than just have him whole, make wholesale changes. So this might be what, what the Chiefs mostly are as far as where they line guys up. But um, I do think they'll be better. But, like, there's two really weird areas that the Chiefs are not good at. We mentioned the short yardage, and they're really bad um, 20 yards and, and beyond, the deep passing game. So, like, they're dominating right now on the short and intermediate stuff. Behind the line of scrimmage, they're really good at. Um, Jesse, who's not here with us, has, has analyzed their behind the line of scrimmage stuff last year. Um, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the second worst rated quarterback on passes over 20 yards this year in the entire NFL. And there's like 38 that qualify in that stat. And who would guess that Patrick Mahomes is the second worst at anything, especially throwing the ball deep? Does that include like his passer rating? Right. It, second worst passer rating in the league. He's the third worst graded quarterback by Pro Football Focus. And look, Justin, the only one they threw over 20 yards last week was to Justin Watson that he gets hurt. And the reason he gets hurt is because he drops the ball. Yeah. Like, that's not on Patrick Mahomes. But that's the only drop they've had all year on those. He's thrown three interceptions that are his fault. You and know, I can, he, he I misplays can, in Minnesota. Right, and I can think of the two two of the balls that Watson has caught that were deep balls. He made sensational catches on. You're right. One on yeah. the sideline and then the one in Minnesota where You're right. he was falling, you know, Mahomes was falling backwards. So they're almost, I don't want to say lucky plays, but took a lot those of are, skill. Those are two of their eight conversions that you just mentioned, those two plays in Minnesota where he tiptoes on the sideline and, and jumps over the guy. Mm-hmm. Those are two of their only eight completions on passes beyond 20 yards in six weeks for the Chiefs offense. Last week, I actually thought, you know, when you look at like a per play basis, the Chiefs were not that bad offensively last week. And I actually thought it was because they didn't throw deep. They just decided, well, we're just going to throw underneath. And we talked a lot about that in 2021 with the way teams were defending them. I also think just to put a bow on this, the last thing that I find really interesting is Andy Reid continues to tell us that their offense is gaining a lot of yards. And it's almost like he knows this narrative is out there that the offense isn't performing well, and he wants to tell us, no, 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 look at the yardage. The yardage isn't isn't that bad. Look at look at the Jacksonville yardage. Look at last week against Denver. Almost, the Jets, almost 400 yards. I think it was like 399. Wasn't it? it was almost 400 yards in those games. And you wonder how much he's, like, pumping up his own guys. It's like, no, 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 everything's going on track. Like, we'll get there. You know, this this is – the expected path that this was going to be on with some new guys. You're putting up a lot of yardage. Like, the, the points will come with it. Sam, your, your point about the deeper passes, and I, I wonder if either of you guys see anything mechanically in Patrick or if it's simply uh, the, 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 pass, the plays aren't there. I don't think there's separation. I don't think the Chiefs are getting separation down the field. No, they're, they're, teams are still taking that away from them, for sure. I mean, like, teams are playing deep safeties against the Chiefs. And that's why, again, I thought last week 
was one of their better offensive games because Patrick Mahomes just said, fine, we'll just beat you underneath. Yeah. If, and they only threw one steep. It, I think that's the reason that play was open, though, is because that was the first time all game the Chiefs had tried something deep, and the ball just gets dropped. But I will say the drop pass is not typically the reason that this has been going this way. As I mentioned, I mean, grade-wise, and I, I know what people think about pro football focus grades, but he's also the third-worst graded quarterback at these, at these throws. Like, he's not executing these plays either. Just to um, circle back to Sky Moore, I, I wish, and I, th- this isn't part of an Andy Reid type offense, but I wish he would become a possession receiver, a Julian Edelman, Wes Welker type of guy who, you know, just you, you throw it out to him in the flat and let him, you know, break a tackle and get eight yards on first down. I just don't see him as, you know, I don't see him as a deep threat at all, and it's just hard to. I just haven't seen enough evidence that he can't play the X. He can't be that guy. I think, you know, because, I mean, Juju, when he played the X, was not that deep guy either. You know, it was more slants and things of that nature. Deep posts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like 10, you know, it's 8 to 10 yard route type stuff. But um, because he does get off the line of scrimmage. Well, and that's a huge component of running those short routes. But I just think he'd be more effective possibly closer to the line of scrimmage than he would be run, running out. because Cornerbacks on the outside have time to catch up, and you see cornerbacks catching up to his routes. Okay, so this disastrous Chiefs offense, which ranks in the top ten in the NFL, um, is, um, you know, has held the team back. They're, they're only 5-1 and one and share the best record in the NFL with the Eagles, the Lions, the 49ers, and the Miami Dolphins. I looked it up a year ago at this juncture, the Chiefs uh, were four and two, not five and one, and four teams had a better record than the Chiefs. So obviously, season coming apart at the seams <laughs> for for this Chiefs team. What's uh, interesting though about those teams is they've they've already lost one, and they still play two. They, two that's the right. Yep, still have the Dolphins and the Eagles. Um, so I, I mentioned this to Sam Vahe before we started recording. Did you know that speaking of offense, that there are at least through what are we weeks that we're approaching week seven of the NFL season scoring and yards per, scoring per game points per game yards per game lowest levels in like 15 years in the NFL Sam had a theory on this and I, I hadn't given it much thought um, you don't think the quarterback yeah, I think the good. quarterback play has been really bad in the NFL this year and I mean, part of that can be the way offensive coordinators or a lot of times head coaches scheme stuff but Man, I, there's been twice where we've been allowed to watch all the games because the way the Chiefs scheduled opening week and this last week, and both weeks what stood out to me most was just bad quarterback play across the league. Hank, my last, you know, on the Monday night game, two good quarterbacks, Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott, going at each other. And, you know, I kept telling myself, well, this defense is really good. Uh, both teams playing great defense, Chargers coming into Arrowhead with their good defense. But I've seen both of those quarterbacks play better. I, and, and look, Herbert, there were at least uh, – I saw the one, I, I, I missed the other, but there was a reference on the broadcast last night to him just, just missing Keenan Allen wide open twice. I saw the second one. I mean, he was wide open. Yeah, it was stunning how, and, oh, how, yeah. how, how, how overthrown that ball was. Yeah, and then he came back, I think a play later with a nice completion, but that it was totally behind. I can't remember who the receiver was. So it, it, even, even his a really nice completion was not a good pass. 
So, you know, maybe maybe the point holds some water. I, I, you know, it, we'll 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 see more and more as we go on. I mean, you're missing like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are long been two of the best five quarterbacks in the game, and one retired and one's out of the league right now, not playing. Joe Burrow got off to the you know had the yeah. the injury yeah, in the, the preseason. Um, you know, Deshaun also Watson's working too. his way working his way back. Um, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know he's got the Ravens at four, and, I guess four and two, yeah. and been looking okay. But but you're right. I there four teams are playing rookies too. I mean, four teams came into the season saying we're playing our rookies to start the season. And really, C.J. Stroud's the only one that's that hasn't looked like a rookie playing in the NFL for right. the first time. Right. And kudos to Brock Purdy for the start that he's had this year. Um, the, you know didn't win more than six games in the season at Iowa State. I think that's the stat. And just like Patrick Mahomes at Texas yeah, Tech, yeah. Had that kind of year. Um, good year for Harrison Butker to be having you know, the, the, the accuracy that, that he's displaying. He hasn't missed a kick this year. I think it's 14 field goals and um, 15 extra points. You kind of want that ratio to be a little, little more separation between extra points and field goals. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, one year, I remember he had like sixty-nine extra points and twenty-five field goals. That's what you. I think it was that twenty-eighteen season where Chiefs scored touchdowns on every possession. Well, also so, along the lines of what you were comparing points from last year. I mean, remember he was still coming out of that injury, right? And even seemingly recovered uh, was not. And you know there were blips in his game for sure. So they've got that sealed up. And you know one one thought just real quick too is that you know. I don't know what we can expect from the defense from here. They've got the schedule is going to be more challenging for the defense, but really if you crunch the numbers, this is the oddity. I mean, the defense itself has allowed the fewest points in the NFL. Um, That's taken away nine points for a safety and and the pick six by Detroit. But that's markedly better than what we've seen in, in the early seasons under Steve Spagnuolo. Bucker is sixth in the NFL in points this year. <clears throat> There's seven non-kickers in the top 30. Because, I mean, kickers are automatic points. Three of those non-kickers are on the Dolphins. <laughs> so Mostert leads the NFL in points. Uh, Tyree Kill is 28th in points. And Ichain, who's hurt now, is uh, 19th in points. Just shows you how – and, you know, the Dolphins are – I mean, people, reporters in Miami are having the opposite discussions that we're having about right. the, the, the Dolphins' offense. They're at eight yards per play this year. They have a bigger gap between one and two, which I think two is the Bills, than the gap between two and 32. And I will, I will say, though, because, I mean, the Dolphins here, I think, are going to come up a lot in our later podcast conversations about... Yes, it will. We're, we're going we're gonna to be covering a game against the Dolphins. Um, Chiefs against the Dolphins, um, and then I think later in the season we're going to be talking about the Dolphins too. You know, they're a team that could be in the hunt for the number one seed. Um, that game I think will go a long way to determining that. So you're going to analyze I think a lot of where are the Dolphins really, and we had this conversation last year with the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Where's their defense really? Because their schedule showed when they played a good team, they gave up a lot of points. They played a lot of not great teams. That's what's going on with the Dolphins right now offensively. Is they, you know, I mean, they played the Panthers, they played the Broncos, they played a lot of bad teams right now, and then they played the Bills and they got smacked. And so, interested to see what the Dolphins do moving forward and just 
I, I didn't know this was initially Harrison Bucker, but it just reminds me of points in general. When you see, we're talking about the league as a whole being down, and then what the Dolphins are doing is just totally contrasting what the rest of the league's doing. See, I'm just thinking about the dynamics of the Chiefs. It, I, I would gather Kelsey would be, does he have five touchdowns, four or five? Would Kelsey be the next? I think he only Chiefs has three. Score? Maybe three. I think he only has three. But is there any other Chief in the top 30? No, no. So that's kind of interesting yeah, in itself, Pacheco right? And, Pacheco and Kelsey have three touchdowns. Three They're 55th in the league with 18. Hmm. Uh, but, by I'm glad you, you transitioned to defense. We, we certainly th- – th- th- that side of the ball deserves more conversation than what we're, what we're giving them today. But uh, this is the week where Charles Amenahu is – Back with the Chiefs, and uh, I think Andy Reid suggested earlier this week that he, that we can see him on the field against the Chargers on on Sunday. My question is, will we see Frank Clark in a Chiefs uniform this year, and sh- or should we see Frank Clark in a Chiefs uniform? I've been trying to think about what the downside to this would be, and you know, other than a, a roster position that maybe they don't want to give up, I. I, I I find it appealing to think of him late season in a Chiefs uniform. Um, but I know Sam, like, always has thought this out further than I have. What What do you got? I don't think Frank Clark has much to give. But if he's willing to take a practice squad deal, sure. I think he's well-liked in that locker room for sure. No I, doubt. We know he's 95's best friend in that locker room. That's um, no small thing. Yeah, it, it, it's it, not. And, I mean, Karloftis, I think he kind of took Karloftis under his wing a little bit last year. Could do the same with Felix. I yeah, knew DK was yeah. on. So that kind of value. Who's playing get, time, by the way. Way down. Way down. Diminished, yeah. yeah. Um, and it will be further with a minute who coming back. Right. In fact, that's another storyline we haven't really talked about. But, you know, as as much as the Chiefs got contributions from rookies last year, they have the six fewest snaps among rookies this year. And I think we all said frequently last year, like, hey, this is an anomaly. The Chiefs can't expect to have this happen all the time. And this year already, it's shown it. So, But the problem with Frank Clark is you're already going to have to create a roster spot for Minahu and maybe Dickerson, but you're already going to have to get a spot somewhere. I don't know that you have two defensive line spots to, to create for Frank Clark. And I do think the Chiefs are interested. Like, I, I think the Chiefs are interested, but... I wonder if maybe they wait to see if Frank Clark gets another actual offer. And if he doesn't, you know, maybe the practice squad in Kansas City is, is the best home for him. I like that idea. I like, I like the practice squad because who, uh, you know, yes, you, you'd love to have the depth at the position, but what the Chiefs have done in the first six games without a menu is pretty admirable. It is. And, yeah. um, and, and so they'll, they'll, I think they'll only get better because of him, who, who by the way, a man who can play inside as well as outside, and yep. he can really give Steve Spagnuolo that, that NASCAR package, if that's what he still wants to call it, but having basically four defensive ends line up and get to the quarterback, I love that idea with him. Um, but, right, Frank Clark would, is, was, would take someone's spot who, you know, are we talking about Malik Herring, who I think has been – had some nice contributions yeah, great, this year. Malik had a great play um, against Denver to stop a third down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, some, something to pay attention to this week and as we go forward with the Chiefs. So, also, pay attention to the Kansas City Star and KansasCity.com because that's where you can read Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and Jesse Newell. So, guys, thanks for the conversation, and we'll do it again next week. Thanks, Claire.
That'll do it for today. Thanks to Randy Mason for producing this episode and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Todd Feedback, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to star columnists Sam McDowell and Vaya Gregorian for sharing their insights. Have you checked out Morning Sports Edition? you got to do it. It's the best digital sports page in America. Chiefs, college sports, Royals, Sporting KC, The Current, plus loads of national and international sports news. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in and around Kansas City. Kansas City.